The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Shall we pray? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together, O God, be acceptable in thy sight, our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said, Amen. Once upon a time, there was a gathered body of people who'd come and gone through the years time and time and time again for more than 20 years, even more than 50 years, even more than 100 years. People had been coming and going in this thing called a congregation for a hundred, once upon a time, for 177 years. And one year, as they gathered to celebrate the nativity, the incarnation of Christ, God becoming flesh, they looked back across the year that they had lived. In, in that year, in, in that time, in that place, far, far away, they had endured the loss of twelve of their saints. And in, in, in the midst of, of that grief, they proclaimed the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who said, I am the resurrection and I am life. Those who have died, yet shall they live. And those who live and believe in me shall never die. And they reached out to include and welcome the widows and widowers, insisting that they become more involved in the ministry of the congregation for their own good and for the good of the people of God. Once upon a time, there happened to be a storm that blew through that year that dumped more than 50 inches of rain. And a flood like that nobody had ever seen and nobody could ever be prepared. But that congregation with the rest of the city and surrounding community rallied all of their strength and all of their resources to help one another. Perfect strangers when somebody couldn't type in the correct address because he had fat thumbs and went to somebody else's house who was there by himself with his daughter and teenage foster children. Folks showed up that day and the next day, and people keep showing up to help with the cleaning out and cleaning up and rebuilding. Once upon a time, that congregation, through their faithfulness in giving and sharing, 
have finally projected to finish the fiscal year without a deficit. Amen? Come on, y'all. If you haven't figured it out, I'm talking about us. Once upon a time is the truth of our year, and we have projected because of our faithfulness and, and because of the generosity that we share as the people of God, we have projected to finish the year without a deficit. I had to work a whole lot harder for that than I thought I would. <laughs> I mean, that's right, we're, we're the quiet Methodists. You have to understand that prior to being the quiet Methodists, some within the story of Methodism were known for congregations out singing the choirs. And there were some that were known as the shouting Methodists. That really is a historical term. But we're, we're quiet Methodists. That's, that's okay. Once upon a time, through the congregation's financial planning and preparing for the next year, they have received and presented projected income that matches projected expenses so that we begin to live within our means and so that we can grow to the place where all of our ministry operations are provided for through God's tithe and our giving so that our endowments can be used for major capital expenses and beginning new ministries that show God's love to the city of Beaumont. Amen? That's where we're headed, folks. Once upon a time, there was a music ministry that just knocked a pastor's socks off his feet every time they shared music. Amen? Once upon a time, there was a service on a Thursday night that initially was designed for those that might be struggling through the Christmas holiday season. And somehow, a couple in the city who were looking for a church home found their way to that service and said, we'll be traveling over Christmas, but we intend to be back. To be back. That is an insiders of, I mean, that was focused on caring for our congregation, and even that reached out beyond the walls of our church to love this city with the heart of Christ. Man, uh, 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 this is, uh, come on, I'm just trying to carry the load here, Conway. 
There's a congregation that has a monthly supper every Saturday night for anybody and everybody who's hungry. A congregation that serves meals on wheels Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, that meets worship gatherings in three nursing homes every first, third, second, and third Tuesdays of the month that, that works tirelessly in, in some other location to provide for the needs of others, a congregation that is deeply concerned about our city, who is beginning to lose sleep over the world's salvation and stopping to lose sleep over our own religiousness so that the gospel of Jesus Christ might be proclaimed. And Paul finished that great work of the letter to the Romans and to us. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you. You see, we view life, all of life, as sacred. And, and, and what makes our celebration of Holy Communion and baptism sacraments is that we believe and proclaim that God is the primary actor in those events. Even though the pastor is the one that puts hands on, on the person's head, it is God who is claiming that child or person. Even though the pastor happens to be the one to lift up the bread and the cup, it is God who is blessing that to transform our lives. And as we grow in our understanding to see every aspect of life as sacred, it becomes sacramental. And it is God who is acting through us to shape our lives so that we might shape the lives of those whom we encounter with the sweet, sweet love of Jesus. Now to God who is able. You see, this work of ministry in which we are endeavored as a people of God is not relying on our own strength to do this good work. We are relying on God's strength alone because it is only by God's strength that we have been able to do all that God has called us to do. And it is by God's strength and grace that we will continue to be able to do all that God calls us to do. Now to God who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel, Paul wrote. According to my gospel. The gospel simply is a story, and the one telling it is a messenger. That's why in the middle of the Greek word for gospel, there's the word angel. Angels are messengers of God's story. And though we may not always act angelically, we too… <laughs> thanks, you got that. <laughs> we too are messengers of God's story of love and grace. So as you sit around the table this afternoon, whether you open presents tonight or tomorrow, around the table tonight and tomorrow, tell the story of God's good news with your families. Children, ask your moms and your dads and your mimis and your papas, ask them about how they know 
God loves them. Will you do that? Students, young ones, ask your parents and your grandparents, tell me the stories of when you came to faith in God. You see, knowing those stories at the earliest ages will shape their lives until the time that they come to know that completely and can profess that publicly for themselves. Now to God who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel, according to the proclamation of Jesus Christ, and according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed, according to the prophet, prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles, according to the command of eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. Several weeks ago, we had a sign-up for the EJ Stocking Fund here, thankful to host that. But a couple who, who, who works for a company and, and they come to share in our ministry by providing a clean space for us looked at the requirements, and Rosa expressed to Severio that they had nieces and nephews whose families didn't qualify. Severio wrote this, a few weeks ago I was talking with Rosa, a sweet lady who comes and cleans our building every week. She asked me about programs that assist with Christmas gifts for kids. I told her that what I knew, and she told me she had some nieces and nephews that didn't qualify. I asked her to make me a list of the names and ages of her nieces and nephews and told her I would see what I could do. Now, we, we could have shared them with some other place, but Severio came to me and said, Pastor John, can, can we just take care of this? I said, go for it. Lead on. God's put this on your heart. Lead on. So, She thanked me and said in Spanish, if there's nothing you can do, I understand. If there's nothing you can do, now to God who is able to strengthen you. If there's nothing you can do, I, I realized she knew the feeling of being turned down all too well. Nope, not this Christmas. Nope, nope, nope. I sat down at my desk and wrote an email to several members of my church. I can't do anything about policies, but I know I serve a very generous church that always steps up to serve in a heartbeat. We could provide at least a little something for Rosa's family this year. What I didn't expect is how quickly I began to receive responses. Within an hour or so, I had offers for gifts for all five children, plus pledges of cash donations, and they kept on coming and coming and coming. After a while, I wrestled with whether or not I should start turning some of the help away. But then I thought of all of the times this family had been turned away. Nope, not this time. There's still a few more gifts to come, and this does not include $400 worth of gift cards so this family can buy whatever else they need and a Christmas dinner. 
Sometimes we get to remind folks that God's provision is like an open floodgate and the sound of God's justice is like a mighty water. Severio told me, tell Rosa esta tarjetes por la comida de Navidad. These cards are for Christmas dinner. So I FaceTimed Severio when Rosa and Gilberto received the gifts, and we all wept. We all wept tears of joy. We all wept tears of thankfulness, and we rejoiced. And I said to to Gilberto and Rosa, su contenta y paz es nosotros contenta y paz. Your joy and peace is our joy and peace. Your thankfulness to God is our thankfulness to God. Adios se la gloria, todo y siempre. To God be the glory always and forever. That's what we say to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. To God be the glory for the great things that He has done. Amen? Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.